we'll get into it, but um, I've, I, I'm pretty deep into a particular album now. Oh, oh uh, which one? Wait, do tell. You know which one. Wait, you know it in mm, your heart. Wait, is it low? Is it Lodger? Here, low. It's low. Ah, low. It's low. I love that album so much. I love that album so much. I'm so glad you finally listened to it. I need someone else to follow me into this sort of David Bowie <laughs> hole I have dug for myself. I have been listening to it for like a week now, mm. pretty much nonstop, as requested, and <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> See, I, I'm not sure, like I had the very similar experience, especially with Station to Station, the album that preceded Low, and I don't know if it's that I get it now or if I have Stockholm Syndrome, but I love uh. it. <laughs> oh, People need to listen to these albums, like they're over 50 years old now, and they're still amazing. They're very good. <laughs> turns out, it turns David, out David Bowie, Bowie very good. <laughs> oh, the king of pop, quite good, yes. <laughs> no, no, king of the goblins. He was the goblin king. Oh, he wa oh yes, with, uh, with his very tight leather pants. The 80s were a different time. <laughs> the amount... We, I, I watched that not, not too long ago again. Yeah. And the amount of... The camera focuses for an, an an unneeded amount of time upon the pantal area of David Bowie <laughs> it's in a that movie, time. whichever scene he's in. It was a it was certainly a different time. Um, uh, still no, a great, such a great movie. Oh, they're very good. Mm -hmm. Jim Henson, quite good, <laughs> quite good. <laughs> Which is tangentially what we'll be talking about today. Hi, welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy, and I am joined today by Jeff. Hey, up, guys. And Murdoch. Oh, uh, hello, everyone. And as with most things of the past, this will all make sense once we kind of get around to it. Because today we are having a super fun, happy, positive episode after two episodes of, uh, what? Complaining? Whining? I don't know. No, no, hmm. no. Discussing. You know, we're... <laughs> Content. <laughs> Yeah. We're not moaning. No. Well, I, I feel like it's very easy to criticize, but we felt that it was important to kind of cap this three-part series off with a discussion of possible solutions. So we've been talking about burnout, specifically in the content creation and consumption spaces. Mm. Now... With subscriptions, especially, we're having issues, but also creators are having issues. And I think it points to a larger issue that we're having with just the way we kind of connect to the world at large. We talked about empoopification last year. Our connection via the internet has kind of become problematic, but maybe even in the ways that we're consuming media and content. So... Mm. We're hoping to tackle that today in a more constructive and positive way. Yeah. There are definitely strategies and solutions out there that don't involve running away to the mountains to live in a cave. No, sometimes sometimes you have to face the problems head on first before taking a step back. Yeah. You, you, you give them the whole, you know, sunglasses on, uh, <laughs> Arnold... <laughs> I'll the be back. The method. goggles do nothing. My eyes. <laughs> I'm thinking, uh, for some reason, I'm in my, my mind, we're having that kind of like a synth wave thing of like, let's do this thing. Sunglasses on. But um, okay, I'm going way off topic. So, um, should we just go? Uh, so, should we go practical first? Because 
I think one of the themes I want for the year is minimalism via subtraction. So mm-hmm. when, you know, uh, we often get the question of how is this podcast minimal? What is the minimalist aspect of this podcast? Because we're not really talking about minimalism as a direct philosophy, but rather how we can use it to help with these problems that we're identifying. And I mm-hmm. think a common theme is subtraction, which in the case of subscriptions would be unsubscribing. Mm-hmm. Unsubscribing or subscription hopping as a practical solution. Mm-hmm. Unsubscribing from everything bar one service. Yeah. And mm. then get your money's worth out of that month and then potentially move, you know, hop over to another service hop if you so service, choose yep. to, if that service has something you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, like the, the simplest tool for this is quite literally a list. The slightly more advanced form of a list is a spreadsheet. Like, honestly, yes, in order to address the problem at its root, you need to see everything. There is no other way around this. You can't keep saying, oh, I forgot to cancel this or I don't know if I'm subscribed to that. Like, keep a list, keep a spreadsheet and list down everything. I've done this in the past, actually. I've even gone really retro with it and taken just a an old style work diary. So the ones that have a page or half a page per day. And then I would go into my bank app and every time or I'd you know, every time something went out of my bank, I'd write it down, what the amount was and what it was. And then at the end, I would compile it into a spreadsheet with charts and everything and figure out, okay, what's going on food? What's going on takeout? What's going on subscriptions? Mm. It's a hassle. It's definitely mm. something that you have to make an effort to do. But if you're finding that more money is going out than you're comfortable with, it can be a really good way to just sort of take stock and figure out... Mm. But What really struck my mind when I was thinking about all of this was Jeff's experience that he discussed in the end of year episodes from last year, so not too long ago, about how once he got his apartment, how like he'd realized he'd minimized too much that he actually enjoyed having a, you know, a space and an apartment. And what struck me was not that, you know, having your own place is nice. I feel like most people know that, but rather that it was only by taking everything away that he realized what was important. Hmm. Yeah. Like it's, you need to not, not a a clean slate is the wrong, wrong term really, but yeah, like a slow subtraction of many things mm. and a period without those things. And then after a while, you realize, oh, you know what? I don't I, I don't miss this. I don't miss this. I don't miss yeah. this. I do miss being able to, you know, not hit my head on the roof all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this is something that we can apply to many, many situations of if we've noticed a problem or a problematic area, we can start subtracting and figure out what can we keep gone, what do we mm-hmm. need to add back in, and then you can go back at it more mindfully. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's pretty much it. I'll just loop back on this whole listing things as well. Like a subscription to an entertainment service, I think needs to be treated in the same way as a utility bill. Like they, it, it's an expense at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. electricity, great, water, Great. Internet to access, I guess. Great. All these subscriptions, they're also, they're, they're a monthly expense. 
Yeah, and they need to be treated as such. Like it is mm-hmm. a utility. Netflix is a utility. That's mm-hmm. the that's the word because I think we because they were so new. I mean, I don't know how long have we had Netflix? Maybe ten years now. I mean, depending I'm on your sure, version. I'm of sure it. it's about three hundred years now. Um, <laughs> the Vikings like brought Netflix with them as they well, in, they did. The there was British a whole Isles. TV show about them. Remember <laughs> Ragnar and all that? I think that was mm-hmm. from the History Channel. That was a docu- that was a documentary that was filmed live back in 800 oh, of AD. Of course, mm-hmm. it was. Yes, true yes. facts. Yes, true story. Only the truest facts here. Mm-hmm. No, they were quite new. These subscription services, as I said, Netflix actually began life as a mail a DVD to you as a sort of blockbuster competitor. <laughs> blockbuster had the option to buy them and and uh, <laughs> decided against it. Yes. So I think for a while, because it was a new concept, we maybe treated it like a treat as it were like you don't mm-hmm. sit and write down in your um, in your budget diary stopped at the corner shop and bought a cornetto mm. it's not the sort of thing that you really track in the same way as i need to pay my rent otherwise i'll have nowhere to live mm-hmm. yeah like it used to come out of like the old beer money kitty yeah and mm. i think we've now reached the point where actually at this point depending on your age i feel like it's odd to have cable television as opposed to subscription services. I feel like you have to really want something out of a service like that, like live sports, for example. I, f- I think live, sport, live sports, at least here in the UK, that's the big one keeping people in cable, I think. Mm. It, and, and it depends on where you live. Sometimes cable is just bundled as part of your internet package. Yeah. And for some people, you know, some people, some people really enjoy it. Some people, it's a force of habit. For some people, internet isn't actually good enough to have streaming services. Yeah, I mean, we're thankfully most places are getting past that, but it's there is still there is still issues. So, mm-hmm. when it comes to subscriptions, uh, especially video on demand, shall we say? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, unsubscribing and then c- trying to figure out the best way for you to connect with those services, whether that's. You know, I mean, unfortunately, terms of service are now making it difficult to share accounts as we used to. But if that's still a possibility, that's one way you can, you know, not have to subscribe to everything. But also maybe attacking the shows as a more communal thing, you know, rather than just mindlessly watching TV night after night. You can, you know, get together with a group of friends and, okay, we're going to do a Marvel month and we're going to watch, you know, all of the yeah. the Marvel shows or the movies. Mm. And then ne- the next month you're going to do a Star Wars month. And, well, both months would only need Disney, but still, you know the idea. Mm-hmm. And you get, can turn, get, get, you, you turn, you turn get into a social together, event. Get the little popcorn yeah. and the, uh, the, the Dorito snacks with the nacho cheese and, you know, just generally make a social event out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that stuff is. It ain't cheese, but it's delicious. <laughs> cheese sauce, yes. It's, uh, it's, give it to me in a pint glass and I shall drink it. <laughs> it, re- it really is. It's, it's, like a, it's like a tangy, cheesy juice. It's, uh, how, did we get, sound, <laughs> how did we get here? <laughs> Another good point to make is that when you're, I don't know if it's maybe making use of what you've already got, I think part of what we touched upon last week with the short form content issue is that we kind of tend towards new. We want new shows. You know, what what's mm. just come out? What old content is still good. And I think this is part of the larger solution that hmm. it turns out music made in the nineteen seventies is still good. 
<laughs> David Bowie, very good. The Beatles, um, who knew? <laughs> that, 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 that's actually, that, that, that is actually a strange one. I think like for some of us, we have this constant issue with like needing novel content. Mm, novel, good like, word. It can't, yeah. it, it can't be content that I have previously watched for one odd reason or another. It's like, ah, oh, yes, I have watched this. Even if I haven't been paying attention to it 100% of the time, I have watched this. This is no longer in my realm of interest. Traveling backwards might not be a bad thing. It might not be new content, but it is new to you. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of old prestige television, for sure, out there. And, of mm. course, there's an entire century worth of films to watch and some of them quite good some of them <laughs> some of them pretty good i hear you know i mean some of them aren't so great you know certain things age differently but it, it's definitely a way to i don't know maybe get more out of the subscriptions you already have netflix has a lot of good movies depending on your location and that mm -hmm. is another way to expand your netflix catalog is vpns different areas have different shows we're not sponsored by NordVPN, like everybody is. <laughs> but if they but would if, like to. If they would like to, I mean, you know, come on, you sponsor Indulgently everybody else. Indulgently minimum at gmail.com. Sponsor <laughs> us, please. Hmm. I gotta take my thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, what do you think we can do about the issue of the internet at large? Like, I think we, we've mentioned before we're in a bit of a transition with how we interact with the internet and also how the internet interacts back. Try saying that one three times in a row. Hmm. How the internet reacts back? Interacts back. You said reacts. See, uh, this is, see, I'm not a professional. Ah, well. But we are in this weird transition, like internet 2.0 as it's been is changing Dying. Dying. <laughs> it's over. It's, 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 you know, we're, we, we've reached that saturation point where every website app has the same UI, has the same look and feel and sound. We've had a very, um, not pacified, that's the wrong word. What do they do to milk? What They've they homogenized. Everything yeah. has been sort of blobbed together using the same design language, the same tactics to get money out of us everything looks mm -hmm. the same acts the same and is starting to be the same and, and we notice these things that we we know we notice that you know it's like when you go down a high street and all the shops look exactly the same because they're all owned by the same company and i mm -hmm. tell you what there's a lot of fashion brands they're owned by the same company as well they all look the same the mm -hmm. designs are the same and it's the same thing with websites and people are getting bored with looking at it like we don't want to go back to the green text on black screen that was terrible we don't <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know maybe some you know some new forms of interaction or more varied forms of interaction and maybe nice. not new like as murdoch said and i think this point will keep coming back over and over it's our obsession with novelty that is creating a lot of these problems or at least it's one of the ways that companies are trying to convince us to interact in unhealthy ways that's, that's I, I think, just to add to that, the internet of today is very strange in the sense that it doesn't really work without an ad blocker and it's starting to break in very severe ways with ad blocking. Everything is locked behind a paywall. Mm -hmm. Every community, you know, comment section has turned into like an opportunity to upsell something. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, for right now, I'm I, I'm I can't watch YouTube at the moment because the uh, they've the ad blocking wars are continuing, and my ad blocker needs to update to overcome YouTube's new ad blocking problems. So mm. I've I, you know it's this constant battle to just be able to not be screamed at by the internet. It's uh, it's getting mm -hmm. quite tiring. Mm -hmm. And I again, I feel like one of the solutions here may lie in, and this is a bit more difficult because this is a community thing. You can't just do this yourself, otherwise you truly are the man in the cave on your own. But the old way the internet worked was smaller communities of like-minded people sharing ideas, sharing content, and rather than what we have now, which is a few very large platforms where everyone is thrown in together and an algorithm is pushing content to try and increase engagement, shall we say. Maybe mm. we need to be trending back. And I think part of this is already happening. I think even though Discord has its own issues, Discord is more like IRC than it is like Twitter and Facebook. It's yeah, lots and lots of small communities of people trying to interact directly with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. and maybe uh, some of the solution lies there. Definitely. Some of it lies there. I will definitely say that like approaching Discord as well with a little bit of caution is warranted. <laughs> Discord seems to be a viable alternative now, but there is definitely a question of like, you know, it's just a matter of time before it too succumbs well irc is still there that's the crazy thing <laughs> and i do think that there is a part of it and i think uh, we mentioned last year the fediverse which i've had interesting interactions with not entirely 100 positive but interesting mm. and mm. i think part of the solution lies in that idea as well in people owning their own infrastructure, having a stake in the platforms they're using. So rather mm. than everybody congregating in the so-called town square version of the internet, you know, your Facebooks, your website formerly known as Twitter, people have their own little communities that then interact with each other. Then you mm. have ownership, you have rules, and those rules can be different because different communities want different moderation levels. They want different yeah. content. And and I think that's part of the problem. Everything got so big and so homogenized, as Jeff quite rightly put it, that everybody starts fighting because people aren't the same and they need different things. Yeah, we mm. need different things. We need different places. We need to move at different speeds. And we all need our own. It's like the difference between, as you say, like the town hall, town square meeting and the difference between like a, like a bunch of different dorm room parties. Some of them can come out and join the larger hallway party and some of them will remain their own little enclosed community, but everybody mm. gets what they want. Well, mm. this, is, this is kind of leading into the next point we wanted to talk about where I think part of our solution has to be turning to ourselves and asking ourselves, what do we want? We've said this so many times on this podcast that you have to be mindful because a lot of the way that the content is harming us is through the mindlessness of which we consume it and interact with it. It's just, it's bombarded at us. It's mm -hmm. short form dopamine hits. You kind of have to maybe take that step back and ask yourself, what is it I actually want here? And am I, am I consuming media that is bettering me or worsening me? 
Mm. Yeah, it, like it's easy to sit there with the TikTok, with the TikToks and the YouTubes <laughs> and oh. the yellow clouds. But it's easy to sit there and you just scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll, as mm. we mentioned. But actually, as you say, sitting back and thinking, okay, what kind of content am I actually? What am I actually wanting? What am I craving? What you know? Do am I wanting a burger or a salad? You know, do I want something? Do I want drama, television, education, or maybe you do want short form content? I don't know, but yeah, having having that sit down and think about what do I actually want here. And I think like last year we saw some glimmers of the fact that this isn't this isn't said and done. People really resonated with the Barbie film, for example, which was very interesting because when you sit down and watch it. It's very clever mm-hmm. and it's very meticulously put together by some very talented people. And its message was not necessarily carefully presented, but it was presented in a way that was caring of mm. everybody that it was talking to. And it really resonated with people. And I think that was part of its popularity. And I fear that the people who made it won't understand what made it good. No, I think we'll see another movie about another toy and it won't be the same because they, they're not going to understand why. The Barbie film was good, not because it had Barbie in it. That had nothing to do with the reason it was so good. Mm-hmm. I, I think part of the reason all of this has gone badly, like the entertainment industry, is what it's always done. As we said previously, one of our favorite podcasts is No Dogs in Space. Love, Love you guys. It. And they made a comment about there is a very famous song, The Bird is the Word, which you should know. Yeah, that's the one. If you don't know it, go listen to it. It's fun. Good surf music. You will listen to it and it will never, ever leave your mind ever again. (laughs) But they told the story that the band that made that, they didn't really understand, especially back in the day, which was like the 60s, they didn't understand why it was such a big hit. So they just made another song that kind of sounded exactly the same. It's like, why why aren't people buying this? It's the same thing. Buy more, buy more. And, you know, we're seeing the same thing with everything now. This isn't new. This is what the entertainment industry always does. It tries to commoditize and rationalize, shall we say, art it and try, creativity to it try and sell to, it. It tries, to quanti- it, cr- it tries to quantify art and replicate it. Um, the, the, the hard work sell. is done. Can we turn this into a cookie cutter so that we can just keep reprinting exactly. the same stuff over and over again? And that exactly, you know, hopefully yeah. generates a, a constant stream. I do have one thought that has just sort of bubbled to the surface. It's it's one that keeps coming back to me in terms of just being mindful with the content we consume. Mm. It's also reflected in the way we interact on the internet. Mm. I think, I think, I think it is very important to sit down and be aware of what you're being exposed to, be aware of how this affects you and be aware of how this affects other people. Because it does seem as though like we've entered... Uh, the social stage where it, like the ideal personality stereotype is just to be as loud and as obnoxious as possible. Like this, this exponential increase in attention seeking behavior. I'm going to say just very quickly, again, there's nothing new here. I think it was P.T. Barnum that said that essentially, you know, all press is good press. It doesn't matter if it's negative attention or positive attention. It's attention. It's Mm -hmm. getting people in through the door. And 
again, a lot of what these platforms have kind of figured out or that at least the algorithm has figured out. And I don't think all of this is necessarily 100% intentional, but it's what happens when you tell, say to a computer, figure out what gets people coming back and just do more of that. Mm -hmm. People, it's easier to get people angry and upset and People then want to like, no, I disagree with this. Like, it's not that people are going, oh, wow, look, oh, boy, this guy's so annoying and obnoxious. Let Give me more of that. It's more like they're going, oh, I hate this. I have to leave a comment. Stop doing that. And the computer goes, hmm, clearly this gets you engaged. Have some more. Yeah. It's not new, but it's not positive either. And that's, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Like it, It's weird because, you know, there's a disconnect between a measure of success and a measure of whether something is good or bad. I think herein lies one of the ways that we can maybe, and maybe we have to treat companies like a Pavlovian dog and only reward the behaviors we want. Sort of like, stop playing the mindless bad games or whatever and start playing things like the Final Fantasy VII remake, the ones that were made with care and love and attention. And, that, respect, you know, that respect your time. You know, if we only buy those, that's what they'll keep making. It's the, the old classic, you know, yeah. vote with your wallet, vote with your feet. Yeah. You do, you know, there is, consumer power is a thing. You don't have to buy what is being sold to you. You can always mm -hmm. just walk away from it. it it's hard. It, it's a hard message to drive home that, yes, it, it, is. it does affect the bylines. Yeah. Do, like, was it, the, there's a comment that goes around a lot these days, you know, as well as don't doom scroll and don't hate watch. Don't watch content that makes you angry just because you want to feel that righteous indignation of, no, don't do that. You're, you're feeding the algorithm, you're feeding the, the industry, the machine, as it were, that is churning it out. Mm -hmm. You're right, we have to be more mindful in what we consume because it's not just about, it's not only that you're doing the equivalent of giving yourself junk food and, you know, ultimately this is going to make you sick, but also by buying that food, you're telling the company, yes, if you make this, people will buy it. It's a, yeah. it's a feedback loop in that way. And it's really hard because it, it, it's tapping into something very innate in people. It, it's mm. tapping into something very primal in people's brains, but it's also very, very difficult when it seems that all that is on offer is junk food. It's not the case, but it's packaged in such a way that it's very difficult to find anything else. Mm. So whether it's trying to step back from, I mean, it's difficult if you're, you know, getting a lot of your entertainment through things like Instagram and TikTok where there aren't really ways to mindfully use these platforms. At it, least it, not takes, in, it takes a lot of effort. That's 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 a big one. It takes a lot it, of effort for platforms that, you know, aren't designed that they way. They sell you instant gratification. Yeah, they do. So, you know, with YouTube, for example, I tend to go directly to creators. And I think this is leading us into one of the big solutions that I've had and links us right back to what we were discussing earlier of why I am so happy that Jeff has been listening to Low. Hmm. Yes. I think part of the solution is mindfully choosing specific content and then setting aside the time to do just that. So yeah. Monotasking, as it were. Uh, the the reason I brought up low was this has been part of my step back 
I've been listening to records, albums, but not not on playlist, not on repeat, not on shuffle. I will pick an album and that's what I'm doing for the next 45 minutes. I'm listening to the album. Sometimes like with Low, for example, I got the 33 and a third book that somebody wrote about the making of it and I'd listen to the album and I'd read the book and I'd, you know, listen to the tracks as they were discussing how they were made and why they were made. And that was very interesting. That was my flight actually over Christmas. That's what I did on my flight. Hmm. But it's a very mindful form of consumption, a very mindful form of entertainment. It seems like a very mindful way of keeping busy, keeping occupied. It's 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 actually it's using your time be mindful of what you're using your time for it's like uh, back in the day when you had to physically go out and there was no streaming services there used to be no internet apparently (laughs) um you'd have to go out you'd buy an album and you'd spend however many monies pennies cents on an album threepenny bit (laughs) you know an half penny a, a threepence and that you had to choose. You chose your album, and once you'd made your you'd made your purchase, you went home and you listened to that album because you didn't have any you didn't have anything else to listen to because you that was the album you bought. Hmm. And I I wonder if people I don't know for for certain, but I wonder if people were more present and mindful about what they were buying because they were making a distinct choice. Now we don't have to make that choice. We can do everything and listen to everything and watch everything. That's mm-hmm. why this, like, we used to be like that with video games, if you remember, when you were a kid, especially when we were a kid and video games came on these big cartridges. That was it. You know, if you bought GoldenEye, you better hope that you enjoyed GoldenEye because that was an expensive game and you weren't getting another one for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, mm. oftentimes it was like you you get maybe, if you were lucky, you'd get two video games a year. You'd get one for your birthday and one for Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Now you can kind of convince your parents to pay, I don't know how... I don't know how the youth do it these days, but maybe they convince them to pay for their Xbox Game Pass and they play their Fortnites or whatever. I don't know what children do. And the V-Bucks. I don't... Ah, yeah, the the V-Bucks. I don't understand the youth of today, therefore I shall denigrate them. Hmm. (laughs) I I think one more point to make is that ultimately, like, we don't know how to be bored. Oh, We have to be constantly doing something. And and phones have... Ironically, phones have ironically served as like a very dangerous tool for this mindless sort of like engagement with something. Yeah, I think boredom is a vital component. Um, it's a vital component for creativity, and it's a vital component for self-reflection. It's we need to be bored sometimes. However, I do feel that maybe a lack of boredom has probably saved quite a few young men's lives because we bored young men will go out and do stupid things. Um, we've all done it. I'm going to plug No Dogs in Space one more time. You know, listen to the the story of the replacements to hear what oh. bored young men will do. Mm. But, you know, on a more serious note, yeah, being learning how to be bored and to appreciate being bored, it's very, very important. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And this is where... This is where part of the solution is unfortunately hard work. It's exercise, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't talk about it enough. Like, we should be exercising our bodies. Like, um, one of my all-time favorite statements comes from the anime Soul Eater. A healthy soul lives in a healthy mind, which lives in a healthy body. It's very true. Mm. A healthy mind is in a healthy body. If your body isn't healthy, your mind will suffer 
from that. Mm. And our attention spans and our ability to healthily engage with content, whether that is TikTok or a book, it's something that you have to exercise like a muscle and we are not going to be able to just jump back to, ah, yes, I shall be reading Jane Eyre today. Fetch me my smoking pipe and my dinner jacket for I shall be taking this to the library. No, we've all tried it. You pick up the book and your brain goes, this isn't moving. I can't scroll this. Wait, what's on TikTok? Yeah, Yeah, it's too heavy. You cannot lift those weights. It's too Mm. much. And that's where I found, as I said, reading the 33 and a third while listening to Low was a good way of kind of working that kind of simultaneous stimulation. And, you know, you don't have to sit in silence. You can listen to music while Mm. you read a book, but don't expect yourself to be able to read for four hours like you used to as a kid. Yeah. Mm. You can, but maybe this is where a little bit of discipline, a little bit of habit building, like, okay, maybe for the next month, I'm going to try and read for 10 minutes a day, or Mm. I'll have one, one hour reading session in a week. But that hour I'm going to either read or I'm going to try to read. Yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. else. Like it's that, it's this, we don't, I feel because of the ease of access and because of the way we've consumed a lot of uh, film and television and, and music, we don't respect it as much as we should do. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. don't give it the time and attention that we should do. And I think we need, we, you know, we need to respect the content and we need to respect ourselves in the same manner mm-hmm. and yes. really mindfully engage with it. Whatever that might be, you know, if it's music, video games, books, chiseling something, I don't know, DIY. I'm not a handy person. I don't know. Can you can you chisel a chair, maybe, if it's stone? Uh, I think it's I called whittling at that point. Whittling. Then <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting one as well when you were sort of like consciously, subconsciously dealing with the guilt of like, I can't do the things that I'm supposed to do, so I will take a break and decide to do something fun. And then you can't enjoy the thing that you've decided to do, so you will whittle away at something else. And this is exactly where, like, the the mindless, you know, scrolling through content becomes quite dangerous. Like, it's an escape. And I think part of this is... It's ironic, because as a young man, I used to hate the cinema. It was expensive, the flaws were sticky. It wasn't a great experience. I know nowadays you can go to some very high-end cinemas, but I think... A nice thing about the cinema is it forces you in one way or another through like, you know, social conditioning. I mean, I think some places even require you to either hand in your cell phone or turn it off. Mm. It makes you watch the movie. That's what you are. And it's that, as we've talked about before, it's uh, stepping into an environment. I am, I've stepped through the doorway. I am now in movie watching mode. You have taken your body to a place and your mind then follows. Mm-hmm. You can rebuild these things in your own home, in your own space. You could have like the, this is my book reading chair. Mm-hmm. This all when goes I back, si- this all goes back to the nook system. Have a nook for everything. <laughs> you got your movie nook, you got your reading nook, you got your cooking nook. You've got your cry in a corner nook. You know, the really important ones. You know, mm. I think this is a thing where minimalism does come into play. We've just talked we've talked earlier about subtraction. You know, everybody thinks minimalism, they think empty spaces. That's subtraction. But it's also about the spaces themselves. These spaces have meanings and creating space mm. to do something is very important because your mind follows. So if you create it could be a physical space, but it can also be a, a space in time. Mondays at six o'clock, 
you read a book. Hmm? That's the book space. You've created space by removing everything else, minimizing, so that the activity you want has room to be. Mm-hmm. Mic drop, right. boom. <laughs> yeah, listen, I've, got, I've, I've, I've got nothing to add. I've got no witty comments. That's, that's just, yeah, that's good. That, that, that's pretty much it. That's uh, put your phone in your pocket and listen to the person you were speaking to. Focus modes. All phones do them these days. You can mm-hmm. create modes where you go, I would like my phone to go away for a little bit. Click. And you can, if you put the effort in, it will come back. And as I think, Jeff, you will agree, maybe some of this older content, I'm not saying that there will never, ever be another album as good as Low. Although because there, there will be. There will always be. You know, that's the great <laughs> thing. That's, that's the great thing about art and music. It's, there is always going to be something spectacular. You, it, may, it, it may be different. It may not, it's not going to be the same. And I, you may not be able to compare it note for note or mm-hmm. page for page. But it's going to be somebody's hard work and vision. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I think that's the final point I want to leave off with today is that we talked about spaces like Discord, these smaller communities. I think one of the solutions to the algorithm problem is tastemakers. You know, I discovered, I say discovered, I discovered these particular David Bowie albums through listening to No Dogs in Space, from listening to them tell the stories about how these albums are made, how the artists around that era were working. It's like, oh, I should go check that out. That sounds interesting. Hmm. I don't know if an algorithm would have pushed those albums to me because they were kind of out of my normal comfort zone, like Brian Eno style, ambient electronic weirdness. It wasn't really what I was listening to, but it was something that I I did want. Yeah. And I think this is what we need to rebuild is this trust and finding the people that can tell us these things. We mm. need to learn to love content that challenges us again. Mm-hmm. We need those albums that you takes a couple times to understand because, if you know, some albums are just amazing and you get them right away. And sometimes it takes work because it's different. You're not used to it and you need to actually consider what it is to really appreciate what's going on Mm -hmm. and we don't do that as much anymore i know i don't do that as much anymore and it's a it's a good skill to have because it opens Mm. up so many more things to enjoy and look at and see and yeah and it's uh it's it's a constant learning experience like you're not going to walk away from a book on self-improvement and immediately put into practice everything useful that you've learned like you will forget and you yeah, need to yeah. reapply and reapply and reapply and reapply until, you know, eventually something sticks or at least a few things sticks. Yeah, habits. We say that motivation is fleeting, but habits help, you know, make things permanent. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, these are all topics for another time. We're already way over time. So I think we <laughs> should uh, finish for today because we, I, I mean, I know I could talk about this stuff forever. Mm. Mm. But we have to go. Our our listeners have given us enough of their time already. So (laughs) thank you for listening. We've been indulgently minimal. If you have any thoughts, questions or comments on what we've been talking about, or if perhaps you'd like us to pick up on some of these ideas and expand on them, please do shoot us an email. We love hearing from all of you. We are indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram. We're on Mastodon. We try to post there. You can get in touch with us as well. All the links to the ways you can get in touch with us and where we're putting out content in the show notes below this episode. 
We're also on coffee. Thank you once again to everybody that's supporting us. We do appreciate it. It really does help us keep making the show. So if you want us to throw us just a dollar, just a, a euro, anything helps. It's ko-fi.com forward slash indulgently minimal. Again, links in the show notes. I've been Moggy and I've been joined today by Jeff. Thanks, guys. Remember to go easy on yourselves, really. And Murdoch. And remember, folks, indulge a little. Thanks for listening. See you for the next one. Bye. See you later, guys. Take care, everyone.